a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. And it's always a privilege to welcome along Ron Ross to look at the latest Israel breaking news. Welcome along, Ron. Tell us what's the latest happening in Israel. Well, we've got the news of uh, Israel Prime Minister Naftali Bennett uh, making his first ever speech to the United Nations General Assembly yesterday. He was very forthright. He said attacking Israel doesn't make you morally superior. Fighting the only democracy in the Middle East doesn't make you woke. Adopting cliches about Israel without bothering to learn the basic facts, well, that's just plain lazy. Every member state in this building has a choice. It's not a political choice, but a moral one. It's a choice between darkness and light. Israel Bennett said repeatedly, is a lighthouse in a stormy sea. It's a diverse democracy that contributes to the world with its innovations, he stated. Pointing to the 38 countries that opted out of last week's Durban conference, marking 20 years since the World Conference of Racism, which devolved into anti-Semitism and an anti-Israel bias, Bennett said this conference was originally meant to be against racism, but over the years turned into a conference of racism against Israel and Jewish people, and the world has had enough of it. I thank the 38 countries who chose truth over lies and skipped the conference. He was very strong and very forthright about Iran. He said uh, Israel will determine its own future, and ahead we look to a brighter future. While Israel is focused on doing good, it still faces a threat from a nuclear Iran. Iran's nuclear weapon program is at a critical point, he warned. All red lines have been crossed. Inspections ignored. All wishful thinking proven false. Iran is violating the International Atomic Energy Agency safeguard agreements, and it's getting away with it. And it's not time for talk, it's time for action. Well, it's certainly interesting to hear the latest from Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. And I actually haven't heard that much about him in the media uh, for a while. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, does he uh, a little more, uh, like I know Benjamin Netanyahu was on the right side of politics, is he uh, a bit more centrist than uh, than yes, Benjamin? Uh, that his, certainly his coalition is, mm-hmm. and there's grave concern that on a lot of issues they will make a secular stance. Mm. Um, and Israel, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's been taking pot shots at them from the sideline, but uh, the speech by Bennett at the UN was very forthright and well-received in Israel. Mm, there you go. And in other news, Israel and U.S., uh, the U.S. have held secret talks on Plan B to deal with Iran's nuclear program. Yes, of course, for Israel, this is a huge issue, and they're very concerned about what the Biden administration will do. But they've held secret talks last week to discuss Plan B to deal with the issue. The talks were held by video conference and headed up by White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, and the Israel participants urged the U.S., to formulate Plan B on the issue due to Iran's recent acceleration of its nuclear program. The U.S. responded positively, but not decisively, they said, expressing concern about the state of the talks and saying it would impose 
further sanctions on Iran if they did not resume. Last Thursday, a senior U.S. official told reporters that the window to revive the deal was still open for Iran, but it won't be indefinitely. They said the window of opportunity is open. It won't be open forever if Iran takes a different course. But the official also declined to say what the U.S. would do if Iran refused to return to negotiations. Certainly one to watch. And uh, another headline uh, is talking about the Palestinian Centre for Policy and Research Survey has released, uh, was released last week. And a major surprise came from the public response to the Palestinian-Israel peace process. What's the latest on that? Yeah, very, very uh, alarming for the uh, authorities in the Palestinian Authority. Support for the concept of the two-state solution stands at 36%. Opposition stands at 62%. No descriptions or details were provided. A majority of 63% believes that the two-state solution is no longer practical or feasible due to the expansion of Israeli settlements, while 32% believe that the solution remains practical. Moreover, 73% believe that the chances for the creation of a Palestinian state alongside the state of Israel in the next five years is slim or non-existence. The most preferred way of the current status quo is reaching a peace agreement with Israel, according to 28% of the public, while 39% prefer waging an armed struggle against the Israeli opposition. 10% prefer waging a non-violent resistance. It was very interesting that the largest percentage, 44%, replied that their concerns is due to a lack of trust in the political leadership. 39% said it had to do with the preoccupation and the burden of daily living. If new presidential elections were held today and only two were nominated, Mahmoud Abbas and Ismail Haniyeh, only 51% would participate and from among those people, Abbas would receive 34% and Hania 56% of the votes. Quite an alarming statistic for Mahmoud Abbas. Wow, certainly is one to watch. And I just it's heartbreaking to see the anti-Semitism we see around the world. And I understand that there was an anti-Semitic Durban conference recently that failed. Tell us about that. Israel diplomacy celebrated an achievement which brought out the withdrawal of 38 countries from a United Nations event marking the 20th anniversary of the infamous Durban Conference. In commemoration of the 20th anniversary of the adoption of the Durban Declaration and Program of Action, the UN General Assembly held a high-level meeting on the theme Reparations, Racial Justice and Equality for People of African Descent. However, because the first conference in 2001 turned into an anti-Semitic Israel bashing festival, Israel waged a diplomatic campaign to ensure that the event failed. Durban 2 and Durban 3 were held in 2009 and 2011. This year, no head of state spoke at this week's event, dubbed Durban 4. The only spokesmen there were Iran's minister, Hussein Amir Abdalan, addressed the audience, and he was, who was involved in the Iranian death committees of the 1980s. And today the Israeli foreign minister said the halls of the UNGA are empty with good cause. Honourable men and women will not dignify this anti-Semitic event with their presence. Israel thanked Australia among 34 other nations for their withdrawal from the conference.
Oh, it's good to hear Australia supporting Israel once again. And I believe, you know, the Bible says God blesses those who bless Israel. So uh, that's a blessing for us. I'll, I'll take that. That's awesome. Now, in other news, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, love to look at uh, the different feasts that are happening. And Christians from around the world have blessed Israel in song for the Feast of the Tabernacles uh, celebration. Tell us about that. Yeah, that concluded yesterday. Christians from nearly 30 countries including several Muslim countries, sent a prayer for peace and blessing to Israel with a song released in Hebrew to coincide with the Jewish holiday of Sukkot. The song Batifla Amen, which means in prayer Amen, was produced and performed by Christian Zionist musicians and released as part of the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem's Feast of Tabernacles. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid, Defence Minister Benny Gantz and Israel President Isaac Herzog all took part in this year's Feast of Tabernacles, which this year took place remotely due to the pandemic. The Hebrew language song, Batifla Amen, was Israel's entry for the 1995 Eurovision Song Contest. Your devotion to Israel is not only a blessing for us, Bennett said during the opening event, but it's helped us sustain our situation during the most trying times, including wars. You rejoice in Israel's many triumphs, and you stand with us side by side when we most need it, and you beloved Christians, he said. And you know what? I've just pulled the uh, the video up on my YouTube here in the studio, and I'm looking at the video. It looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, it was part of the 42nd Annual Feast of Tabernacles Celebration, and uh, uh, the ICEJ, uh, what's that, the International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem. That's the one. I've been there uh, when I was over there. Absolutely beautiful. And they've got people from different nations singing, people singing in French and different nations. Oh, absolutely beautiful. I'm going to uh, share that on my Facebook today. Uh, sounds absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and any chance you could sing a bit of it for us, uh, Ron? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, it's always a privilege to catch up with you today. Thank you so much for your time, Ron. Thanks, Matt. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.